woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in in the crowd. Uh, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith have made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. God, we thank you for the reading of your word. We pray now that there be no distraction in this place. God, we want to receive a word from you in this hour that will get get us through the dark times that we are experiencing across the world. God, heal our land. And Father God, and let your Holy Spirit have free reign in this place. From the ceiling to the floor, from the pulpit to the door. Father God, just move and have thine own way. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. I so appreciate, Amen, a good welcome, but you, you and a good introduction, and then you always have the task of trying to live up, Amen, to the introduction. I always say I would always hate it when they would read. People would have this degree and that degree and this, that, and the other when I didn't have any. But then I got some and I said, man, when they read that thing off, it kind of set the bar kind of high. And then you never know if you're going to live up to it. But we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. I thank Susan that uh, she told you we are engaged and amen. I said this before at morning start, but you weren't there to hear it, that she said that if I was the last man on earth, she'd still choose me. I don't even know if that was a compliment, but I'll take it. Amen, but I'll take it. Amen. Amen. I thank God. Amen for her and her spirit of laughter. Amen. And the joy she has brought into my life. Amen. And and, and then I just want to give another quick greeting because I, I find out that some of the uh, members here also students under the direction of Professor Deacon Dr. Cummins. Amen. So we just thank God for the person of him, amen, and what he is doing in his ministry. We're going to jump on into this word, amen. I think we're warmed up. We're properly greeted. Y'all are hungry. For the word. Amen. You know, 
this text is a familiar text, but so many things jumped out at me. And I said, I, I struggle. People, I tell people all the time, I thank God for the teachers, and I consider myself one. But one of the things that I tell people to do is never uh, do what I do to prepare something. Mm -hmm. I probably do the worst preparation of any preacher you'll ever find. I literally don't know what I'm going to preach until the midnight hour. I meditate on stuff. I think about it. And some of my colleagues have books and pages and all these things that they have to pat themselves. I literally have no clue what I'm going to say a lot of times until at that final moment, that Friday or that Saturday. And some people say, well, you throw something together. That's a Saturday night special. Well, you call it what you want. I've been doing it for about 25 years. I think it kind of works for me. Uh, but, but I heard this message a couple times this week, and I, I said, I think this must be meant to preach this message on Sunday. If you look at your Bible, that first verse 25, this is how awesome. You, you got to pay attention. See, I, you, you really got to read slow sometimes. You can't just, see, read for speed reading. And, 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 and if you read in this text, oh, I forgot to give you all a title. We Baptists, we need titles. <laughs> Amen. I, I forgot for a minute. A touch, a touch. that's more than a touch. <laughs> Amen. We were talking about a touch that's more than a touch. You see, the writer said a certain woman. So when you say a certain woman, you understand then that that woman never had a name, but we, had, we can define who she is because it says certain that distinguish her from the crowd that a certain woman had come through the crowd. Y'all missed this. See, you, you should have been shouting already because I, I might not give you three points on a poem, but I'm going to get you somewhere. And, and that is, if you skip all the way over, it's right there in the, in the text, but you might have missed it because you read it too fast. In the last verse, in verse 34, Jesus was talking to this certain woman, but he didn't call her certain woman. All right. He said, don't. How in nine verses do you go from a woman busting through the crowd who is nameless to now being in my inner circle that I can now label you family and call you daughter? But why? Wait, 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 wait. You, you didn't bust through the circle. You didn't went from being certain to daughter and you didn't violate the law. Oh, my God. Oh. But, 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 but see, we always, see, this is how people I understand don't understand you got bad theology. Because they always said that, that Jesus followed the law to a letter. This was some law breaking stuff going on. Right here. Because, because this woman had blood that was flowing for 12 years. 12 years. The Old Testament says in Leviticus 15 somewhere within there it talks about if the woman's blood flows for longer than a few days then she is to be labeled unclean. We know that also within that 15th chapter it talks about uh, those who had leprosy and if they had leprosy they were considered what? Unclean. Now I don't know if we can compare the two because we do know that those who had leprosy had to holler out, I'm unclean. 
some theologians have said uh, that anybody who was unclean had to do the same thing. So let's just think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. You are in a crowd of people. The Messiah is in the midst. People are there to get a word and to get healed. But you possibly, possibly, I'm not sure on this. So, so, so I know some theologians in here. Don't go back and say, Reverend Daniel, say it. Because, it. because it's a debate. We know the lepers did it, but we're not sure if this woman had to do it. But we know she was considered unclean. And if they had to say it, possibly she had to say it. So if she's in the crowd hollering, I'm unclean. Just imagine, imagine, imagine this right now, that this were you in this setting, in this hour. Your body is ravaged with disease or infection or something that someone would consider unclean. And everybody knew it. But on top of that, every two minutes, you got to holler out, I'm unclean. You already had to keep yourself unkept to distinguish yourself. You already had to have on raggedy clothes to distinguish yourself. On top of all of that, with your dirty clothes and your nappy hair, you got to turn around and say, I'm unclean. To separate yourself even further from the group. But yet Jesus said, daughter. Man, we're going to mess some of y'all up right now. <laughs> Go back to verse 25. It says, and a certain woman had a flow and she suffered many things. I got to read this again because this is going to blow your mind. I think you missed it the hundred times you read it like I did. It says that she kept on going to the doctor. Yeah. We don't know because it says plural. It says many. Doctors. So many is more than two. It's more than one. And we would believe it's more than three. Because it says many. And then physicians has an S which suggests more than one. So she went to a bunch of doctors. A bunch of them. I might there might have a few folk in here that you'd have been to a bunch of doctors. And when you go to the doctor, it was no different then than it is now. It just says it differently because it says she spent all that she had. So, so think about that. You're going to the doctor. You're already paying your insurance. But then when you go to the doctor, you're paying a copay. So you already took some money out. You checked the first go round, And then you got to go to the doctor, pay a little more. But then what did the doctor love to do? Right, 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 right. See, write your little scripture. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna be for, if we're going to be formal today, we're going to say prescription. But I took it back old school, scripture. And then you got to go to Kroger or Walgreens or CVS or, or, or wherever you got to go, Walgreens, and you get to the pharmacist, and what you got to do? Pay more money to get the medicine. And so she kept doing this. Think about this now. On Monday, went to the doctor, paid the copay, went to the pharmacy, paid the fee. Oh, I still don't feel right. Next Monday, come along, go back to another doctor, pay the copay, go back to the pharmacy, buy the medicine, 
Month later, oh, I don't feel good. Let me go see another doctor. Walk up in there, got the money, pay the doctor, co-pay. Go to the pharmacist, get more medicine. Some of you right now, I ain't telling on nobody, but some of y'all right now got a medicine cabinet full of medicine. And it ain't helped you in 10 years. But you still take it. You don't know you 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 still take it because you've been convinced that this is what I gotta do. I'm here to tell you right now that I know some folk that once they got off the medicine, they started feeling better. Yeah, they started feeling better. Let's get back to the text. She went to all these doctors, all these doctors, all these doctors. You know, kept going to the doctor, kept going to get medicine, kept going to get medicine. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't know, but I know Einstein wasn't around yeah. when, when, when she was. But he said something about if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. And she kept, that's the definition of insanity. And she kept doing it. And it says, watch this, that's what you missed. It said not only did she keep going to the doctor and keep going to the doctor and keep getting medicine and medicine, yes. she got worse. Yes. See, tra tradition will teach you to keep doing the same thing in hope that something will get better. And you just keep doing and keep doing and keep doing and then you feel worse. Hello, somebody. Why? I, I, I tell people all the time, there's a couple folk I would love if I could just to be able to get them in a room and just shake them a little bit and say, why? See, I can park right here and talk to church folk for a while. Because we do, we do stuff out of tradition, too. And we do stuff out of routine. And then we look around and we wonder, why this ain't working? Why this ain't working? Jesus. Why? It's too, you, I tell people, look, this is what you got to understand. There was a time when churches didn't want drums in the church. They didn't want the, 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 the keyboard in the church. We don't want that club stuff in the church. And now what you got in just about every church. Why did it take you so long to get the, the church, the, the, the club instruments when you had the jazz musician playing them? Ouch. We do some silly stuff. We do some silly stuff. But that was a problem. And, 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 and then you had people complaining. Oh, I ain't getting on Facebook. We ain't putting that church on no Facebook. That social media is of the devil. Pandemic came. Them same pastors. Right there in their kitchen table. On Facebook. Talking about, praise the Lord, here go my cash app. The same people that said it was of the devil 
were on there three and four and five times a week. Because they switched it up. They stopped doing the same thing. Man, this thing hit me when it said that she kept going to the doctor. And it got worse. Anybody in here ever, I, I want to make sure I talk to the right people. Anybody in here ever been to the doctor's office? If you've, ever, if you've ever been to the doctor's office, and I know y'all have heard somebody say this, but I got to remind you because it goes along with the sermon. And that is this. If you look at their degree on the wall, they have been granted the right to practice medicine. That's what it says, to practice. So they it, look, we can get like Alan Alverson real quick. We can say practice. Practice? Doc, this is my health we talking about. I got cancer. I got an issue of blood. I got diabetes. I got lupus. I got mesothelioma. I, 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 I mean, I got, I got Camp Lejeune. And you, and you talking about practice? You, you about to practice? You can't practice on me. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I love doctors. They're good. I'm, you know, I'm a chaplain at the hospital and all that stuff. So, love doctors. I'm just simply telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. And so this woman said, I know that the healer is in town. I know that the healer is. I, I, I look. What we don't see is we don't really know when all of a sudden she came to her senses and said, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try something different. You know, some of us have tried everything else. Why don't we try God? You didn't try it. You didn't try everything else. Try Jesus. I'm talking about be real serious with Jesus for one minute. I'm not talking about that, you know, the cute stuff we do in church. We fake it till we make it, test a lie, all that silly stuff. I'm talking about just, just telling the truth. I'm talking about pressing your way. I'm talking about coming when you didn't invite folk and they don't come. I'm, I'm talking about when the doors of the church are open, you the first one there and the last one to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that kind of thing. Even when they're cleaning up, if you need to tear it just a little while longer, then maybe you just need to sit on the front row with your head hung down for a little bit. You, you know, maybe we need to, when somebody fall out, maybe we need to stop uh, hearing and trying to get them up. That's the problem with us. We always want to rush something that's different. Jesus. If you want to get up and run around in church, do you? I mean, now, if you do it a little too long, I mean, we're probably going to catch up with you and ask you what's going on. But, I mean, do you? Sometimes you got to be first. Just, just be first. Sometimes you just got to holler amen when nobody else is saying amen. Clapping your hands when nobody else is clapping. Doing something different because what you're doing ain't working. So the text says, the text says that immediately when she touched the hem of his garment, it is so powerful that she didn't even have to touch him. She only had to touch what was connected to him. This is why some people got to stop playing with God's church. Because the church is directly connected to him. So stop playing. Stop playing this silly stuff. 
Stop acting simple at church meetings. Because the church is still connected to him. It ain't got to be Wednesday or Sunday for you to act like you saved. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, out of fact, I believe God looks at us even closer when we ain't our meeting. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, look at, God is looking at us to see how we're going to act when the music ain't playing, when the preacher ain't preaching. You got to do something different if you want a different result. Oh, man, but secondly, watch this. This is what, like, like I said, she spent all the money that she had. Sometimes you got to go through everything to realize that God is all you need. See, God will let you blow. God will let you keep on showing up and showing up and showing up. Spend all your little money. Spend all your little money. And then when you got nothing, God said, okay, now you're ready to listen. Yeah, because now, now, now you can't afford another pack of smokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weed man know you ain't got no money. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you can't afford another bottle. And, and you just tried all of that stuff. And now you broke. And then so you're like, hmm, can't call this one. I already owe them money. Can't go over there. I can't afford nothing. Let me open my Bible. Got me a little, got me a little Bible the church gave to me when I got baptized. Let me, let me open my Bible. Then you open your little Bible, and then you realize, whoop, God is still a healer. God is still a waymaker. God is still doing everything now that He did then. Oh man, y'all remember we used to say if he did it for my grandmama, if he did it for my mother, if he did it for my father, then he can do it for me. If he did it for my neighbor, he can do it for me. Oh man, watch this, because I said a touch, that's more than a touch. This, this thing hit me. I went to school, I went to school for so long and so many hours, but yet when God ministers to me, I get more then than the stuff I paid for. And God said something to me in my in my studies that I it just blew me away because I've heard this preached so many times. I've and, and I never heard anybody say this. Is that the, 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 the disciples and those close to Christ said, I mean, let's be for real, God. Let's be for real. I, I, I like to contemporize it. I'm going to contemporize it, dandronize it a little bit. They simply said this. Your Bible says you see the multitude thronging you, and you're going to ask who touched me. I got to contemporize it. I got to dandronize it. It goes like this in 2023. If this was 2023, they would have said something like this. I hear you, Lord. But that's a dumb question. Because there's a lot of people around here. And you're going to ask who touched you? Jesus. Why are you going to ask us who touched you? We're watching you. We're following you. 
We hanging with you. You have, we your boys. We following. We not looking around worrying about who touching you. We too busy hanging with you trying to get a word for ourselves. Why are you gonna ask who touched you? How are we supposed to know? All right. We don't know who touched you. It's a bunch of people around here who touched you. I mean, a bunch of them touched you, but you're going to ask who touched you. Like, you want us to tell you uh, 300 names? Is that what you saying, God? You, you want us to name everybody? No. That's not what I'm asking y'all. Come on, man. I'm asking you who touched me. Come on, Watch this. This is what's wrong with a lot of folk. I like to do relational teaching. This is what's wrong with a lot of people and a lot of relationships don't work. You ready for this? I hope I'm not talking too fast. And I hope you're not listening too slow. A lot of people in relationships won't touch. They won't physical touch. Many of the relationships that fail, fail because... They are never touched. They are never touched. A whole lot of folk, hundreds of folk, were touching Jesus. Pulling on him and grabbing on him and everything. But this woman who had an issue of blood said, God, I don't know no other way. And her faith touched. That's why everybody else was touching him and he was oblivious to it. But when she touched him because of what she was going through, it inactivated something. And it says that she was healed immediately. Boy, that's powerful right there. That's something deep right there. You know what that says to me? Y'all ain't gonna like what I'm about to say. It simply says to me that a lot of folk go through the routine of church. That they show up week after week, month after month, year after year. You got people right now who are in their golden ages and, and older years getting rebaptized for the third and fourth and fifth time. Like that's going to do something different than the first time. You got people who got 10 and 15 different versions of the Bible and can quote all kinds of scripture but can't live one. And, and you got a lot of people who just fake it through the phone and thinking that they can give their offering and their tithes and get closer to God. And God is saying, I'm not moved by any of that. I want you to touch me. Because some of you give a hundred dollars and it don't mean nothing to God. And some of you will give a dollar and God said, who touched you? Well, there's something powerful in that. There's something powerful in that. Man. When I thought, when I thought about that, that thing moved me. Man, that means we ain't got to be fighting for titles and positions and, and jockeying for power. Because it ain't about none of that. It's about who has a sincere heart. And who is coming to God and laying their all on the altar. Boy, I'm telling you, we living in some perilous times and we living in some dangerous times. When we got people, and I shared this at my church, so I got to share it here because y'all won't there. It said to me to the core that I've got some colleagues that are super smart. Been to Harvard and Yale and all these top places, Duke Divinity and places like that. And they're going to get online and tell folk that because Carlton Pearson started teaching the gospel of inclusion, that they shouldn't feel no kind of way that he has now come forward and said he has died. 
and his days are imminent and his time is limited. Preachers and pastors saying you shouldn't feel no kind of way for no heretic. Oh, we got quiet. These people leading people of God, leading our churches, teaching in our institutions and telling you that you shouldn't feel no kind of way for somebody who at one time was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it saddened me because it hit me in that moment that a lot of people get these degrees, get these positions, get these titles, and then they think they're here. And everybody else is here. And you got to watch yourself. And I told them, I told them, I told my church, I told them on Bible study, I was in a social media group with a bunch of these pastors. And when I simply told them, who do y'all think y'all are? I said, First of all, we ain't got to have it nor hell to put nobody in. I said, we're supposed to be preaching love regardless of what that man did. I said, and secondly, you're so focused on him and, and trying to build off of his name because y'all ain't got one. I got put out the group. I got banned out the group. But I said what I had to say. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that's that. That's it. That's it. Man, I'm tired of that foolishness. Tired of the foolishness. Tired of it. We got to stop playing. We got to stop playing. It just bothers me that we're so intelligent, so articulate, and so wrong. So wrong. Be mindful of the person who can quote 50 scriptures but can't live one. I tell people I'm not impressed with that. I used to, we used to do that. We used to do games. And I'm loved. You should know scripture. You should memorize it. You should learn it. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying that if that's all you can do. And then you're still treating people ugly. And acting nasty. And and, 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 and and being greedy. We got a, we got a motto at Morningstar. I said, we'll help anybody. We'll help the needy. But not the what? Not the greedy. Yeah. No, we don't do that. No, we don't do that. We'll do that. And I said, you know, church folk, we famous for that kind of stuff. I'm going I'm to wrap, wrap this thing up. I'm just trying to say a few things. and Some of you think I might be losing my point, but I'm, I'm trying to bring it all in. All right. a, whole lot of, a whole lot of folk got mad in Richmond last Tuesday. Am I right? Because they didn't get what? You know, a whole lot of pastors was on board with them getting that casino. They had a coalition. And I had been invited to it. and I looked at it and ain't accepted. Because I said, now watch this, get mad all you want to, I'm just going to speak about me. If I choose to buy a lottery ticket, or if I choose to go to a lottery, that's one thing. But as a pastor, I'm not going to stand in, in locked arms with other pastors and say that we need a gambling facility to create jobs. Some people will do anything to get on the news. 
And then if you can look on my Facebook page right now, I ain't lying. I put on there, I said, Kathy Hughes, if you got another 10 million to spend, if you slide it my way, I'll do my best to get that thing back on the ballot in 2027. <laughs> Cause that's what she spent. And it got shot down the second time. Second time. But where am I going with this? It's because somebody posted that it's crazy that it didn't get in. Here's why. Ten million was spent. They spent money to get people to the polls. I'm tying this all in. You got to listen. They had a moment where they paid for people getting vans, go to the polls. But they also had this huge event where they were giving away free food and had the Isley Brothers singing and performing. The Isley Brothers A free They've been singing 60 years They had a free concert In the park And people came out and was sold out You had to register And everybody showed up And then somebody had nerve enough to say Wait a minute These people didn't pay for y'all to go to the polls These people didn't gave y'all free food And they didn't brought y'all one of the most legendary groups still alive And they still didn't get your vote and so this person said, it's a shame that somebody can take care of you like that, then you don't show them no support. And you know what I said? You know me, I got to poke the bell. I might have got deleted. I said, or you can look at it this way. Some people can't be bought. Maybe some people just want to stand firm on some morals and some decency. And maybe your fried chicken and your R&B songs can't sway them. Ah, it's tight, but it's right. And I'm just telling you right now, in the age of a dying church... I did my dissertation on the church. It's called the Exodus of the Church. Yeah. People are leaving the church in droves. I ain't making this up. I ain't trying to be funny. I ain't trying to scare you. I'm telling you facts. People are just not coming and going to church like they used to. And, and it's a lot of things. And I don't want them for brevity of time. I don't want to dig too deep in it. But it's a fact. You go around many places, you got less people. You had more people in the physical church in the 80s. Than you do right now. And it started dying off around the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. And then it's because one of the problems is we have yet to understand the voice of the young people. I know that's right. Yeah, we we, we don't want to hear their voice. We think we hear and they're here. So instead of telling them to be quiet when they're trying to tell you something, maybe you should be the one That's to it. be quiet. That's it. And listen, That's it. That's it. if you don't have no babies crying in your church, you got a dying church. It's just that simple. But you will keep, this is you though, keep showing up to the doctor. Keep buying the prescription. Showing up to the doctor, buying this prescription, getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then wondering why things haven't changed. 
And God is telling us in this verse, this woman demonstrated something so, so, so powerful, and I'm about done. Jesus. She demonstrated to us first that I don't, after 12 years, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to do something different. I don't care if it's a bunch of men there. Matter of fact, uh oh, let me get back on this real quick, real quick. <laughs> that had religious leaders really known that she was in the crowd, she would have been removed. Wait a minute, time out, pause. That if the leaders of the church knew that someone who was sick and broken and hurt was in the church, they would have removed her? What kind of church is that? My God. But that's the text. I didn't make that up. It's right there. That they would have taken her out because it was the law of the land. Y'all looking at me like we don't do that in the church. I don't want to stir up too much stuff because I'm a guest. What? I, I, I love to use real examples. Do you, do you know how many churches would tell you y'all are wrong for doing their giveaway? What are you doing at Double Bean Church? <laughs> you ain't gonna be doing that with them, them chickens. <laughs> what? Amen. Amen. I always wanna down somebody. I wanna bash. And then them same folk, you know what I learned? I heard somebody say this a long time ago. If you pay close, close attention to the people who are always downing you and mouthing off and criticizing you, this saying right here applies, I promise you. An empty wagon makes the most noise. It be the ones that don't want to help. It be the ones that don't want to give. It be the ones that don't want to show up. Be complaining and complaining and criticizing. Because yeah, yeah. you want to do something different. I'm, getting, I'm saying too much. All I know is this. Y'all ready for your shout? Y'all ready? All I know is this. Is that I came in here today. Empty handed. And leave it with a turkey. Y'all better learn to shout. <laughs> Y'all better learn to shout. <laughs> On my birthday. And I look down in the box and it's got some gravy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh my goodness, God is good. God is good. Amen. Let us stand to our feet. <laughs>